European Heart Journal Case Reports 2022. I'm Sophia Katak, podcast editor. Today I'll be talking about a case report by Rina Mishra, Ilaf Shemery, Saroj Pani and Matthew Tribble from Albany Medical Center, New York, titled Primary Cardiac Sarcoma, Presenting with Easy Bruising, a Case Report. Tumors of the heart are mostly benign, with only 10% primary cardiac tumors being malignant. Malignant cardiac tumors typically have a rapid expansion invading several cardiac structures such as the myocardium, the cardiac chambers, and the pericardium. Cardiac sarcomas account for 95% of primary malignant cardiac tumors. They usually occur between the third and fifth decade and affect men and women equally. They are aggressive tumors with non-specific clinical presentation and median survival of less than one year. Complete resection, if possible, is the only way to positively influence prognosis combined with radiation and neoadjuvant chemotherapy. Multimodality imaging is important in identifying, characterizing and differentiating cardiac tumours. Thrombocytopenia associated with cardiac tumours is rarely reported. This case report shows a rare presentation of thrombocytopenia in a patient with right heart cardiac sarcoma. An 80-year-old man presented to emergency department with symptoms of worsening exertional breathlessness of three months' duration. We had also noticed easy bruising and complaint of symptoms such as intermittent chest pains radiating to the shoulder blade, decreased exercise tolerance, nausea and vomiting, leg swelling and unintentional weight loss of 20 pounds over three months. His comorbidities included hypertension, hyperlipidemia, gout and supraventricular tachycardia treated with ablation 14 years ago. He had a significant family history of malignancy with uterine sarcoma in his mother and breast cancer in his two daughters. On examination, he was comfortable at rest. There was a grade 2 systolic murmur audible over the left lower sternal border. He was also found to have bilateral pitting edema and petechiae on both shins. Blood tests revealed new thrombocytopenia with a platelet count of 47,000 per microliter, normal being between 150,000 and 450,000, and an increased platelet size. The haemoglobin and white cell count were unremarkable, ruling out additional anemia or leukopenia. Autoimmune conditions such as idiopathic thrombocytopenia and heparin-induced thrombocytopenia were ruled out. Nutritional deficiency and infectious processes were also tested as negative. Drug-induced thrombocytopenia was also excluded by suspension of his regular medication, colchicine. The differential diagnoses at this stage were underlying malignancy or paraneoplastic process or thrombocytopenia due to low-grade disseminated intravascular coagulation shown by erased blood LDH and blood film showing schistocytes. Although he received platelet transfusion, this did not improve his platelet count. He was then given two immunoglobulin doses which improved his platelet count to 103 per microliter. In terms of investigations, he had a transthoracic echocardiogram performed to investigate the dyspnea, which revealed a circumferential pericardial effusion without signs of tamponade and a large mass in the right ventricle cavity extending into the right atrium across the tricuspid valve and poorly separated from the interventricular septum. Although the left ventricular function was preserved, the right ventricular function was reduced. A CT chest identified an 11 times 5.1 times 7.4 centimeters multilobulated 
low attenuation mass in the right atrium and right ventricle. Cardiac MRI showed the infiltrative mass filling the right ventricle extending through the tricuspid valve into the right atrium and invading the myocardium. CT thorax, abdomen, pelvis and PET scans ruled out metastasis. A percutaneous myocardial biopsy confirmed a high-grade sarcoma with an epithelial growth pattern. The patient was not considered for surgical resection given his comorbidities and advanced age. He was discharged home with planned outpatient chemotherapy with doxorubicin. Unfortunately, he could not continue with further chemotherapy due to ongoing thrombocytopenia. A trial of dexamethasone treatment did not show any clinical improvement either. After a multidisciplinary team discussion, the patient was discharged home for palliative care. Majority of cardiac tumours are benign. Malignant tumours can be primary or secondary. Primary cardiac tumours are extremely rare with an autopsy incidence ranging from 0.01 to 0.03%. The classification of these tumours as benign or malignant is an important predictor of prognosis. However, any cardiac tumour can be life-threatening due to its hemodynamic and arrhythmic effect depending on the size and location within the heart. Sarcoma is a type of malignant cardiac tumour that can show different histologies. It accounts for 95% of the malignant tumours. Angiosarcoma being one of the most common types with a frequency of 37% of sarcomas. They mostly originate in the right atrium in about 75% of the cases and typically fill the chamber and then infiltrate into the tricuspid valve, right ventricle, right coronary artery and the pericardium. Metastases occur in more than 50% of the patients most commonly to the lungs, bone, colon and brain. Presenting symptoms are non-specific and depend on the size and location of the mass and these include right heart failure, shortness of breath due to hemopericardium and palpitation secondary to supraventricular arrhythmias. Although optimal treatment is complete resection, this is not possible in almost half of the patients with a poor prognosis and a mean survival of up to one year. Many factors play a role in this, such as diagnostic delay, high metastatic potential, and therapeutic difficulty in inability to fully excise the tumour. Chemotherapy is used for neoadjuvant and adjuvant therapy to reduce the metastasis but also to increase the chance of complete resection. Once metastasized, the treatment options are palliative chemotherapy or targeted therapy depending on the histological subtype of the sarcoma with poor results. Multimodality imaging is important in diagnosing and characterizing a cardiac tumour. As with the patient in this case report, it is important to consider CT, thorax, abdomen, pelvis to rule out metastasis but also identify the primary source. Secondary cardiac tumours are more common than primary and their common primary sources are the lungs, breast, esophagus, pancreas, lymphoma and leukaemia. Transthoracic echocardiogram is usually the first imaging modality performed on patients with cardiac symptoms due to its wide availability, low cost and additional benefits such as lack of radiation. Transthoracic echocardiogram can assess the size, morphology, attachment to adjacent structures and any hemodynamic effects. It also helps to exclude other causes of space occupying lesions such as thrombus. On transthoracic echo, Angiosarcomas appear as echogenic, nodular or lobulated mass with pericardial effusion with or without compromise. 
However, transthoracic echo has limitations such as poor acoustic windows in obese and those with chronic lung disease. Furthermore, the extent and origin of the mass may not be very easily distinguishable, thus necessitating the use of other imaging modalities in further evaluating the mass. Cardiac MRI helps to assess morphology and location of the tumour, but also useful in assessing infiltration into adjacent tissue and characterise histopathology. On T1-weighted imaging, the tumour appears as iso-intense lesion with multiple nodular areas of high intensity, often called the cauliflower appearance. Late gadolinium enhancements show heterogeneous enhancement and may show a large necrotic core without enhancement. Cardiac MRI, however, has a low temporal resolution and therefore not indicated for evaluation of valvular vegetations. It is also less readily available than echocardiography and cannot be performed in patients with older generation cardiac devices or in those who suffer from claustrophobia. PET also helps to differentiate between benign and malignant tumours, help stage malignancy and optimise biopsy location which will help with planning radiotherapy. It offers an accurate evaluation of the metabolic activity of tumours using fluorodeoxyglucose. Cardiac angiosarcomas have a poor prognosis with a low mean survival of less than a year without surgical resection. Negative margin resection produces the best prognostic outcome but is usually not possible due to the spread of the tumour within the heart. Neoadjuvant chemotherapy, radiation and surgery may have survival advantage. However, currently no standardised treatment is available and all cases should be discussed and managed according to the multidisciplinary team. The author suggests the following learning points. Primary cardiac sarcomas associated with thrombocytopenia are rare. The diagnosis is challenging and requires a team approach and multimodality imaging. Primary cardiac sarcoma treatment is complex and individualised, involving both surgical and medical management. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this interesting case report for us and thank you for listening to European Heart Journal Case Report Podcasts. References and original case reports are available online. Visit academic.oup.com forward slash EHJCR for other interesting case reports. Music is computer by State Shirt.